We all have dreams. Some people seem to live theirs while others seem to struggle. This is, however, merely a perception. What if you could get the answers you needed to execute on your dreams? Welcome to the Platinum Mask Podcast, a show designed to ask various young professionals just how they deal with their specific ups and downs. How does one young upstart navigate competing with name brand companies? Where do we get the best tools? How do we grow from our stress and anxiety? Most importantly, how do we properly utilize our cash flow? The Platinum Mask Podcast with your host, Grayson Mask. We wanted answers, so we're going out to get them and sharing them with you. Let's get right into today's episode. Hello to everyone listening to the Platinum Mask Podcast. I am Grayson Mask. I have with me Weston, and he's a local musician and local recording artist in the DFW area. And honestly, kind of came across him uh, kind of reading on a couple of local blog posts um, where he kind of talked about a couple of his projects. So went on to YouTube to see, you know, a few of his songs, um, you know, mainly saw Missing You, uh, you know, when I saw the music video where he's kind of, uh, you know, out in this uh, kind of desert area uh, performing. And no, it, it was definitely just kind of wanted to, you know, have a discussion on any songs he had upcoming or, um, you know, what kind of COVID was like for a musician in that type of landscape. So thank you again, Weston, for, you know, uh, being open to not just explaining your musical process, but, you know, how all these uh, recent events have been for your music upcoming. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again for having me on here. Um, I'm always honored when people want to, um, you know, have me be a part of their projects and um, in their pursuits. So I'm glad to be here. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wanted to uh, first ask about I guess your start into your your beginning interest into music, you know, I guess in your childhood, were you always, uh, uh, did you always have interest towards just music in general? As a kid, I didn't show much interest as a kid because I was very shy. Hmm. Um, so my earliest like sort of interest that people could see would <laughs> honestly just to be singing in my room um mtv i don't know if they still have it but like they used to play videos on like the different mtv channels depending on what date what time of day it was mm -hmm. and um i would like just be in my room singing and stuff but whenever someone opened my door i would just like zip it um so as a kid i mean i i was really into inter interested in music as a kid but i don't think i realized it at that time um i just was singing my heart out in the shower in my room. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> that's honestly, uh, that, that's kind of crazy with MTV. I'm like, uh, really kind of when I most recently see it, it's just like, yeah, they have entirely jumped away from the idea of music in general. Yeah. Have you like watched it? Uh, have you ever like watched any episodes recently or anything on that channel? Um, no, I think it's been maybe, I don't know, maybe like five to 10 years, which is really kind of cringy to think about in so many different aspects. But, you know, mm -hmm. MTV these days is definitely um, like super focused on reality TV, which, mm -hmm. you know, that's just kind of a lot of stations bread and butter. But yeah, definitely not the MTV we grew up with where they were playing music videos all day and 
you know, the TRL and the uh, the countdowns and things like that. So the format of MTV has changed so drastically over the years. And um, yeah, definitely it's, it's nostalgic thinking about what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And do you kind of, uh, I guess, miss that kind of nostalgic or like the idea that there was like a main spot, like one specific national television station that like all artists could strive for? Or do you kind of like the idea that, you know, I think like it's a little more independent where you kind of work on your own marketing for your own brand or like you use maybe like clips on TikTok or you have your YouTube channel. Do you kind of like miss kind of that nostalgia or do you like how it is kind of now as far as like personal branding? Well, as far as like the nostalgia, I remember being exposed to so many different genres as a younger kid, excuse me, as a younger kid, because I, you know, um, when I was probably like eight years old, I have this vivid memory of just sitting on a couch at like two o'clock in the morning, like during the summertime, watching um, Red, Hot Chili Pe- Red Hot Chili Peppers video for Californication. And I'd never seen a video like that. Um, and yeah, I was just exposed to a lot of different genres through MTV. So not only is it nostalgic, it, it's, it is part of my, my, um, my upbringing, so to speak. So in that regard, it's very nostalgic and it always holds a special place in my heart because I was just exposed to so many different kinds of music and it just made me fall in love with music um, as, a, as a kid. Um, fast forward to today, as far as something that I um, would strive to like, you know, have exposure mm-hmm. on, um, I have fully embraced today's um way of gaining exposure which is of course social media and spotify and and all those sorts of things so um music in so many different aspects whether it's the recording industry like um the music industry um you know marketing and 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 things like that they're nothing like they were when you know when we were when we were kids and we were teenagers um so yeah, I fully embrace the industry and what it is now. And I just have to keep up because, you know, I'm sure, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. always changing. So mm-hmm. I kind of when you kind of like bring up the idea of such a fast paced environment, and I kind of lo- liked how you touched up on like the idea of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, because I wanted to ask, uh, did, I guess, did you hear the news on uh, that huge case where the Red Hot Chili Peppers sold the rights to i can't remember how much their catalog officially but for like an upfront lump sum payment um sold it to studios where they can make all the future revenues from like if it's if those songs are used in movies or video games or whatever um and it's become kind of a trend with like independent artists artists to kind of for upfront payment to like sell their catalogs is is that something uh, would you ever be open to or are you kind of like optimistic pessimistic about that like that option in the industry that is such a i feel like almost a polarizing question because <clears throat> i didn't hear about that with red hot chili peppers but i did hear about it with tina turner you know and when you just when you just think about people as big as as them um red hot chili peppers tina turner selling their catalog, you know, it seems like 
artistic suicide, you know, because we mm-hmm. all as, as artists and any, any creative, you know, that's, a, that's an extension of us. So to, to monetize it and now not have any like sort of ownership over it for me at this point, I can't understand the logic behind it, but at the same time, I'm not in those positions, you know? And, um, I know that Tina Turner, she just sold her entire catalog, you know, upwards 50 mil. Um, And a good point that someone made was that part of that, her reasoning was that she could make sure that it is kept, um, you know, that her legacy is handled correctly. And, you know, Mm -hmm. so to that extent, I can definitely understand that. Um, You know, there's been several celebrities or musicians specifically who their estates or their legacy has been tarnished by either mishandling, you know, by people that they trusted and and X, Y, Z. So from a business standpoint, I'm sure it was an, you know, a good move. Um, Whether that's something that I would consider in the future, um, I don't know, because I'm, 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 you know, I'm so in the beginning stages of my music career and I just, at the end of the day, I want to be able to, um, to make a living with my music and mm-hmm. continue to express myself as authentically as possible. And mm-hmm. if that is, is possible while making that sort of business move, um, it could be something that I might consider. Um, but to give like a hard answer right now, I honestly have no idea. But it is very interesting that that is a trend that's happening because it's, you know, it's, it seems just like I said, like, like artistic suicide, but um, I'm not in their shoes. So. (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of wanted to like ask on like the idea of you kind of touch up earlier with the MTV kind of giving you a perspective on so many new subgenres of songs and, you know, seeing them back and forth and maybe how it can help your creative process. I wanted to ask, like, um, I remember reading like in your childhood that you did quite a bit of traveling. I was kind of wondering if like, ha- have your traveling stories impacted your, um, you know, your musical style or the types of music you've listened to? Definitely. I would have to say when I was a kid, because so we'll take it back <laughs> to birth. <laughs> I was born in Germany um, in Versburg. It's like this small suburb um, to military parents. That's the that's the reason why I was born overseas. And I, I was only there for about a year or so when they moved to California. And growing up as a kid in California, you know, in the 90s and the right before you know 2000 2001 california southern california was like alive with like skateboard culture rock music was at its peak um and there was this interesting common not interesting combination but this interesting meeting of like hip-hop r&b and pop music to where you know like bands and sync backstreet boys like the pop music was undeniably pop, but there was, there was so much influence, um, of R&B and the songwriting and the melodies that they were singing. And, you know, as a kid, I just ate it up and rock music and, um, 
like rock rock music kind of goes along with like that skateboard culture and bands like Incubus, you know, um, and Linkin Park. Like I fell in love with those as a kid. And um, California has made such an imprint on me. Um, it's very nostalgic for me. And um, it's it was just, you know, something that I latched onto while I was there. And um, after living in California for about seven or eight years, we moved to Chicago, and that was very brief, just about a year. Um, and I hated Chicago because we moved there in the wintertime, and it was super mm. cold. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, Chicago was just like a stop in my life, um, but nothing super influential there. Um, mm. But then we moved to Atlanta for honestly like two years. But there's so much um culture you know in the african-american community in r&b and hip-hop in atlanta in the south so i was exposed to um pretty much primarily um like r&b and hip-hop so um like my mom like she's listened to like mostly like when i was a kid like west coast music like you know tupac ice cube things like that um and when i moved to atlanta it was very much like top 40 R&B. Like I remember like, you know, Nelly and um, Kelly um, Rollins, like Dilemma, you know. Um, so it was like that era when I was in Atlanta and then finally moved to Texas. And by the time I moved to Texas, I had had all this influence as far as music that I was exposed to. Um, so much so, not even just like music, but just like from where I've been in my life. Like people still ask me to this day, like, where are you from? <laughs> just like I've been in Texas for most of my life at this point, you know? Um, but as far as music, yes, um, mainly California, just because of the the era that I was growing up in at that time. And um, in Atlanta, as far as like falling and falling in love and really like, just like, yeah, falling in love with R&B and like that sort of like love song um, <laughs> portion of R&B. Um, and then... From that point, I just, I was just super open to so many different genres growing up in Texas, and mm-hmm. now I'm here. So, mm-hmm. have you um like revisited or gone back to like Southern California or Chicago, or um you know like to see any performances or to kind of check out the music again? That is one thing that I that I will be doing. Um, starting next year because like I went to um, California a couple months ago or actually last month, my birthday, September. Um, And for me, I really wanted like a trip where it was just like peaceful. Um, And I grew up in an area called Laguna Niguel, or if you've ever heard of like Laguna beach, it's, it's that area. It's Mm -hmm. it's South of Los Angeles. So I was staying up in Malibu, which is North of Los Angeles. And I drove down to Laguna Niguel. It was, you know, the the environment um the geography is beautiful it's just like a beachy town lots of hills perfect weather um and i was supposed to meet up with a a friend of mine who's a producer in anr um but things didn't work out which was fine um so yeah i haven't been in cali to focus on music in that regard but next year i definitely will start um because la is definitely where um my next my next move will be mm-hmm. and kind of like when you brought up the idea of 
you know, now so much of your life uh, being in Dallas, Texas, and you kind of brought up like some of the influences that Southern California, Chicago, Germany, um, you know, had on your kind of perspective in music. I was kind of wondering, like, you know, has there been any changes you've noticed in Dallas in some of the years? Like, you know, would you say 2021 is like amazing for Dallas music right now compared to like the other the past years? Or, you know, do you think it's in a slump? Like, uh, what's been like your perspective on like, I guess, just the local music scene? Yeah. So I started putting out music and going to open mics and um, getting shows here and there probably about, I want to say three years ago now. And when I first decided to put myself out there, I went to Deep Ellum um, because there were, you know, plenty of open mics. Um, and one thing that I realized, <laughs> which, mm-hmm. you know, um, it depends on who you ask, but in my experience, um, Dallas can be kind of clicky as far as the music scene. Um, and what I what I mean by that is once you start moving in these open mics and you know meeting people that you connect with, you start to realize that you're gonna start connecting with people that they connect with more so than you start to simply connect with people from different you know, walks of life or musical mm. focuses. Um, and that can come off kind of clicky. But it's not a bad thing in the sense that, like, you're not going to progress because of that. You know, it, I think that is an aspect of the Dallas music scene, but it's not something that I ever found to be, um, like, something I would use as a crutch, you know? Um, mm. I, I'm super introverted, super asocial. I'm a Virgo. But when it comes to music <laughs> and getting out there, you know, I I just have to go out there and, you know, put my best self forward. Um and, you know, you never know who you can meet by by just opening yourself up. Um, but as far as what I would, how I would depict the music scene now in Dallas from when I, you know, um, first, first gave it my shot, which has only been a few years, which isn't a lot of time. But these days with COVID, um, you know, the landscape has definitely changed. Um, mm-hmm. I think, well, I know for sure that like now, Deep Elm's focus and maybe the music scene in general is getting these huge acts in, right? Because mm. um, so much revenue was lost during the pandemic that now it's really like there's there's not much more there's not that much leeway for smaller indie artists to book gigs because of the audience you know that they're bringing in compared to bigger acts, which totally get it makes perfect business sense. Um, I don't think that Deep Ellum will be what it was, you know, even three years ago, um, moving forward, because there's a lot of development happening in Deep Ellum as far as businesses and, you know, the the pandemic, I hate to to reference it so often, but it, it can't be ignored that just how much it has changed the country and, you know, in every industry, um, so I think Deep Ellum will continue to be a music hub for Dallas. I just don't know exactly what that's going to look like because mm-hmm. what the Deep Ellum that I fell in love with and that became my neighborhood, I can see that it's slowly changing. Um, and it's just, you know, a matter of like time will tell what it what it becomes in the next five to 10 years. So. Mm. 
With kind of, uh, I guess, when you bring up the idea that decline of Deep Bum, do you think like another area, Dallas, um, like Uptown, Victory Park, uh, Trinity Groves can like possibly try to replace that atmosphere? Because I know like, uh, I mean, it's kind of crazy with some of the local stories where they're building like new apartment complexes mm-hmm. in Deep Bum and then they have like noise complaints and then they have to kind of create rules around that. So do you think like another area could like replace or, you know, slowly um, kind of become the new deep bomb? I don't know what the next area would be as far as music and art. Um, I mean, deep bomb is heavy on music, but obviously, you know, um, that breeds creativity from different sorts of artists. The, the Bishop arts district and more so just like, parts of Oak Cliff that are being bought up by these development companies. Um, there's a huge, um, there's, there, I don't know the word to use, but there's a lot of land being developed um, in South Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's residential, but it's also business. And I, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what, what is the catalyst for that sort of musical artistic environment to pop up outside of, you know, we want, <laughs> we want it to be like a, almost a gimmick for our business. So, you know, you know, have graffiti in the, in the back of the restaurant or what, what have you. Um, so I don't know. I, I think because Bishop arts is this quiet or not quiet, but this small um, local business area maybe but like you said when it comes to developing like you know the apartments and things like that Mm -hmm. music is going to it could be it become a problem from someone you know from from those residents and um it really sucks that deep ellum is having to change sort of its way of being because of the development there so i don't know where the next music hub of dallas will be um Dallas is a great place for music. Um, and I would hate to see it not have some sort of known area. Um, I, I don't know. That's a good question that I don't have an answer to. Yeah. Well, I wanted to, uh, when you kind of touched up on the idea of, you know, going to all these open mics in Deep Bellum. And kind of going into like a few different clicks, uh, I wanted to ask on, you know, is there any advice that you give to maybe another upcoming like introverted artist that maybe kind of going up to people or trying to go to venues or performing on stage or, you know, trying to network? It doesn't come naturally for the for them. Was it was there any strategies that you used or was it just simply like just, you know, you just gonna have to put yourself out there? Um, it's, I, I would say it's a bit of both. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if you've heard a different iteration of this, but, you know, just because you're scared is not a reason to not do something, you know, you still mm. have to go do whatever it is that you want to do, but you're too scared to do. like, it's okay to make a move and be scared while you're doing it, as opposed to letting that fear stop you from doing it completely. I think a lot of people have this idea that you have to be in a certain place that's that does not include fear in order to do something that you want to do. And that's just not reality. Um, 
So I can just think of several times where I was at open mics and someone that I admired from their performance got off stage and I wanted to just say, hi, you know, I like your music. Um, you know, we can exchange Instagrams. Like something as simple as that, I would just not let myself do because I was afraid I would make all these scenarios in my head, you know, that would stop me. So I would definitely say if you are someone who was less social or more introverted, or maybe you're not, but you're just kind of scared to put yourself out there or unsure or whatever the reason is, you just do it. Because I promise you the other end of that, the person you walk up to and say hi or introduce yourself or compliment them, they're super open to that. Um, I don't think, I honestly don't think there have been any artists that I have met in the open mic scene. Mm -hmm. Um, And even just in music venues um, where I have walked up and, you know, introduced myself or tried to socialize with and they've, you know, been like, off put by it or they've you know dismissed me or they've been like not um approachable um one thing that i have found to be true about the art community and the music scene artists in general they're super like chill and laid back and they're not these scary monsters or people what have you not to go too far off the original question but yeah i would just say if you're at an open mic and you see someone performing and you like the performance, mm-hmm. um, or maybe you weren't really invested in the performance, but maybe you like what they have on, you know, or their their stage presence. Um, when you know when they get off the stage, go up and just you know say give them a compliment or you know introduce yourself um, and exchange you know IGs or what what have you. Um, I would I would definitely steer away from talking to everyone just for the sake of networking. Um, mm-hmm. Because if someone's on the, if someone's performing that you, you don't, you didn't care for their set, you're not into their music, they're not your vibe. Mm-hmm. What's the, like, you can introduce yourself to them because you don't always have to like, like someone's um, art in order to socialize with them. Mm-hmm. But I learned after I initially started putting myself out there more that I, I would rather link up and connect with people that I generally have some sort of connection with because when it comes to like having quote unquote friends in high places or, you know, collaborating with people in the future, those relationships are based. Well, that's what it is. Those relationships are based in relationship. Um, People that have gotten me gigs for a show, people that have introduced me to other more influential people have done that because they know me because we've gotten to know each other on a very small level or a a larger level. So I would say you see someone that you want to introduce yourself to, it's not hard. Give them a compliment, you know, introduce yourself. Just say, it can be something as simple as, hey, I liked your music. I'm a fellow musician. I'd love to stay in touch. You know, um, that goes a long way. And you know, closed mouths don't get fed. <laughs> that mm-hmm. saying never gets old, but it's because it's true. If you stand there, you, you never know who you can meet, who you can connect with, and how that can um, be a part of your your journey. So, mm-hmm. And like, how far were you, I guess, into these songs or into your catalog before um, like you came out to Dallas, what was it like, uh, did you start as Weston artists and 
started your Spotify like while you're in Dallas or which year did that start off? Um, 20, I want to say 2018 is when I started putting music out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was living in Arlington at the time. Um, I've been living in Dallas for about a year and a half. Yeah, about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, living in Arlington, I was always back and forth to Dallas for open mics, uh, excuse me, or performances. Um, I like the city life. So I was, mm-hmm. I was just always here. Um, yeah. And I was just putting out music, you know, I would get off of work and <laughs> while I was at work, I was probably putting like a set list together for an open mic or for a performance that night. And, um, yeah, just get off of work, come home, change, um, get my USB, you know, to hand to the, the, the D- DJ or, um, the sound guy and head to Dallas and be there all night, you know, until 11, 12 o'clock, come back home, sleep and, you know, do it all over again. So yeah, I definitely started in Arlington. Um, but I was, I started doing open mics in Dallas from Arlington because Arlington doesn't have a music scene. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's very small and underground. I will say that, but yeah. Mm -hmm. And with like the, you know, when you're at work and kind of putting a list together, and working on your writing and then, you know, handing the USB to the DJ, um, you know, when you get off work, what was, uh, you know, what are like the main experiences or like the main things um, that influences your writing style or like, you know, what you write about? That has, that has changed over the last three years. When I first started writing songs and like making songs, um actually I, I started making beats. Um well not making beats, but making my own beats for, for me to write to and you know make the full song. And um it would take me forever. It would take me like six months to make a beat and it wasn't good. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> um and I met um a producer. He's a producer, rapper, singer, his name's Vincent Augustus. Um I met him at an open mic in Dallas and um I think I was outside just like on my phone or something. And he just like came up and just, we just started a conversation. Um, And, you know, he mentioned he was a producer and um, I started writing songs, you know, I would like buy beats, um, bring them to him and I would, you know, write songs before I got to his place or I would write them there. Um, And um, one thing that he, you know, told me is that you know there are there are a million producers um and great producers at that but the ratio from producers to like good singers great singers um is not equal and Mm. you know his advice was just like you know you you know you're talented and i would focus on writing songs you know and singing and 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 taking care of that part of your music and, you know, leave the beat making to the people that are good and that can get you what you need consistently. And I'm not someone who takes um, criticism or like constructive criticism, like harshly, like I'm always looking to be better and working on myself. And I was just like, that's such a smart idea. Um, like I don't know why I didn't mm-hmm. think of it because, you know, as an artist, like you want, there's so much power and ownership, right? So as an artist, I was just like, you know, I got to make my beats. I got to write my own songs, things like that. But mm. after that conversation we had, I was like, 
no, let me get these beats. Let me start writing. And um, yeah, I started writing, you know, like love songs um, to like pop beats or like R&B beats. And in my head, I was just like, like, I'm just going to make hits. I'm just going to make hits. And it was just like, looking back, it's kind of cringe, but it's part of my story. So I can't get past it. But it was very like... (laughs) (laughs) like oh baby baby like those sorts of like love songs and (laughs) trying to be sexy and trying to be like this guy um just for the sake of it and like i can i i truly believe like i can write to any genre um and so writing was never the problem but i definitely had not found my style or my writing style because i was just trying to be this thing Mm -hmm. um and then probably a year after I was making music, I started to really get introspective and be like, okay, like I was, I was in a, I was really dealing with my mental health, and um, there would be times where I would just, I would, I would have a breakdown, like writing a song because this isn't what I want to write about. I don't want to write about, you know, lovey dovey stuff because I don't feel like that right now. Um, and there's there's a um there's a there's a there's tension as an artist between being true to yourself but also making something that people connect with um mm-hmm. and sometimes those don't always meet each other um but at that time in my life i had to i had to exp- express myself when i can't express myself it like it hurts my soul so I started writing music that was really true to me. You know, it was dark, it was gloomy, it was really how I was feeling and things that I was struggling with. Um, And that was my era of um, my EP, it's called Way Past 2 AM. So there's, you know, um, subject matter, trigger warning, if anyone's listening of depression, you know, just like feeling not good enough. And um, as much as I struggle with mental health, like there's a part of me that I think is just God given because I don't, there's just, there's just like this light at the end of the tunnel for me um, that is always there, even when I'm when I, when I felt like I was at my worst, and um, that's helped me write this music or that music. So that was a point of my music, and um, after that, I said, okay, I got it out. Now let's get let's let's get into who I am as a songwriter. Okay, like let's not try to be something. Let's not focus on just this one aspect of me, which was, you know, my mental health and and the struggles that I was going through, because that's not all that I am, right? Mm. So after that, I started making singles um, that were just how I was feeling in the moment and what I felt like I had to say. And sometimes it leaned towards pop. Sometimes it leaned towards R&B. I wrote um, a song that was like to a, an EDM song because I love electronic dance music and it didn't make any sense for me, like as an artist. Um, <laughs> but I just wanted to release it and I really liked it. Um, so now where I'm at, I am, I'm working, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting like advice and guidance here and there from, um, um, an ANR that I met through clubhouse. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that app, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, we're we're currently just. I'm I'm at a stage in my music where I know what I want to say and I also know how to say it, and so I'm really tuning 
the next evolution of me as an artist, and I'm really excited about that. Um, so yes, my music has gone through changes, eras. Um, I won't say eras, but changes in like you know spaces that I was in, um, and I'm very thankful because through that I had ultimately been able to get to a place where I know who I am, um, and therefore I I'm ready to like authentically 100% do what I want to do and not have any reservations about it. Um, and that's a really good place to be. So, mm-hmm. And like with your writing style, yeah, I was kind of wondering on like if COVID, uh, you know, has it had any recent changes or any upcoming changes on any projects, uh, you know, with like COVID related themes or anything surrounding that? Because I know like some artists have gotten uh, like some heat about it on them just kind of releasing, you know, soundtracks that or, you know, albums that, uh, you know, during the height of COVID and they're mm-hmm. releasing songs about, you know, the amount of money they're making or, you know, things that totally, you know, are totally different nature. So I was kind of wondering, like, you know, has the pandemic like had any type of writing changes for yourself? Hmm. I normally... I'm in my apartment a lot. So the pandemic, I, I joked about it, but I was like totally serious as well. Like when the pandemic set on, I'm like, nothing has changed for me. Um, you know, and at times, like probably like the last quarter of 2020 is is for me when I started to develop my, you know, my cabin fever um, and things like that, because now it was my normal amount of like time inside. Now, the time that I would want to go out, right, or decided to be social, that was now restricted because of the pandemic. So um, I have, I've been affected by it like everyone else and, and, you know, in in different ways. But as far as how it's had an effect on my music, um, I wouldn't, well, I'm trying to think about my writing style. I wouldn't say COVID has affected my writing style or anything as far as like how I make my music because um, COVID hasn't affected me as as much mentally, which would in turn affect like what I what I'm expressing. Right? If your if your mental load is heavy, as an artist at least, you're def- that's definitely going to come out in your music. Um, but no, I, I can't say that COVID has affected my writing style or has had an, an influence over it. Um, I think that me realizing how much we took for granted socializing and performing, I think that has been a catalyst to me wanting to um, get even more serious about my music and my craft, mm. you know? Um, just taking full advantage of any opportunity I have and wanting to be the best artist that I can be um, because, you know, things could change in a heartbeat as far as the climate that I'm able to, I'm able to share my music with people um, and perform and stuff like that. So. Mm -hmm. And like when you kind of bring up the idea of, it kind of making you even more passionate for your craft, uh, kind of these external factors. I was kind of wondering on the flip side, 
you know, if your music has, you know, changed your perspective on any local causes, because I know if you've, uh, you know, done performances, I I think it was one of them was like to raise awareness for Breast uh, Cancer Awareness Month. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of if you wanted to expand on that. Yeah, so that I did a performance in Frisco at a store called um, Texas, hold on, Texas, no, textile, tumbleweed textiles. Um, And it's a, it's a, it's a a local um, clothing store that was started by two teachers. Um, And I was doing a performance there. Um, because the organization Melody of Hope um, asked me to perform um, while they were making a new release for new products for their store. And Melody of Hope is um, an organization that I have like learned to, to love and really be thankful for. They support, you know, obviously it's different causes, whether it's um, breast cancer, cancer awareness, um, I recently did a performance for um, a charity organization called Heals on the Move to Heal. Um, it's an organization that supports um, domestic violence survivors, um, and it helps you know kind of get them back on track in their life after having to deal with with so much trauma and things like that. Um, again, trigger warning: um, I experienced um, a family member um, go through domestic violence um, firsthand, oh. and it is a sensitive topic that um, I take seriously and it's just close to my heart, you know? Um, so any organization that partners with that sort of cause and, and other causes in general, I, I'm very um, interested and honored to be a part of. Um, so it just a quick plug. Um, <laughs> you guys should follow Melody of Hope on Instagram. Um, they have several different um, charitable events throughout the year. And um, I, I have been blessed enough to perform at a couple of those. And um, yeah, they are a cause that I support, uh, a foundation that I support and stand by. And, and yeah, you know, it's, um, I believe in giving back. I believe in um, just kind of helping humanity in whatever small way we can. Um, I know that sounds like a lot, because it is, but, um, you know, we can all do something to help other people. Um, and that's, that's really what it comes down to. So, mm-hmm. well, to kind of wrap up the episode, I wanted to just ask, um, you know, was there any upcoming projects that you wanted to expand on or, you know, any, anything in the album coming out or, you know, anything you're really looking forward to? Yes, absolutely. Um, so, I will be releasing my next single um, at the end of November, and um, I won't give it. I won't give any information about it. But um, I have a new single coming out at the end of November, and it is um, it is a preview to what you can expect from me um, for next year. So, um, if you would like to follow me. Um, Definitely, I'm on Instagram um, at Weston Music uh, with two N's, W-E-S-T-O-N-N, music. Mm-hmm. Um, I post snippets of music. I post, you know, that's that's mostly where I post is on Instagram. But yeah, I have a single coming out next month. And um, next year will be really about um, 
defining my new sound um, and working on my next um, project. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to be very busy and um, my, uh, my team is growing and I'm very thankful for that because as an independent artist, there's so much, well, we do everything. Um, so to have, you know, um, guidance here and there and just more resources that it feels really good. And um, I cannot wait to show this next evolution of Weston mm-hmm. to the world. Definitely. Well, I'm looking, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, this upcoming year. Um, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, what you have ongoing with these upcoming singles. Uh, you know, I, I'm definitely looking forward to kind of the image that you have set up for yourself and, you know, up uh, upcoming venue shows as well. And overall, I just wanted to, you know, thank you again, Weston, for not just coming on to explain your personal experiences that influence the songwriting and uh, music creation, but just kind of our, you know, our chat on kind of some of these uh, really just kind of 2020 and 2021 musical issues, like when we're talking about, um, you know, people selling out their, uh, you know, music rights, um, you know, the effects of COVID, uh, kind of like networking in kind of the Dallas scene. Uh, I thought it was very, you know, informative and I thought it was really cool information. Well, thank you again for having me. Um, mm-hmm. I I love podcasts. I listen to them every day um, and I really support people expressing thoughts, ex- you know, exchanging of ideas um, and, ex- and, and sharing that with the world. Um, so uh, I'm a fan of your podcast and everyone listening continue um, to follow and support Grayson. Um, and thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Platinum Mask podcast. Stay connected with us directly through the platinummask.com. You can also join the discussion on Instagram at graymask12. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through maskgrayson at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Don't forget to like and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time, raise a glass to success, no matter how you define it.